This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Several environmental groups have asked a state judge in Marr County to order a new review of a Montana copper mine over worries that mining waste will pollute a river that's popular with boaters. Attorneys for Trout Unlimited and other groups say state officials did not adequately review the risks of toxic waste spills from the Black Butte Copper Mine north of White Sulphur Springs. Work began last year on that mine along Sheep Creek, a tributary to the Smith River. Montana Department of Environmental Quality Attorney Shara Clergett rejected worries that the mine would pollute the Smith during a hearing before the District Judge Catherine Bittergary in Marr County. Clergett said the mine would not leak or fail. The underground mine proposed by Vancouver-based Sandfire Resources is on private land and would extract 15.3 million tons of copper-laden rock and waste over 15 years, roughly 440 tons per day. Environmental groups are challenging the Montana Department of Environmental Quality for permitting wastewater disposal into the groundwater for a new development in Big Sky that they say could degrade water quality in the Gallatin River downstream from Yellowstone National Park. The Upper Missouri Waterkeepers and the Montana Environment Information Center have filed suit in Gallatin County over DEQ's May decision to approve a groundwater pollution permit for a septic system owned by Lazy J South, a residential and commercial development less than a half a mile from the Gallatin River. The environmental groups are accusing the state of failing to comply with mandatory duties under the Montana Water Quality Act to consider whether sewage from the new subdivision will contribute to the environmental degradation of the river. They're asking the court to void the permit and require the department to perform additional analysis. The plaintiffs contend the permit could lead to increased algae in the river, could harm recreational activities on the river, and that would include trout fishing and whitewater rafting. According to Durf Johnson, staff attorney with the Montana Environmental Quality Information Center, quote, the Montana DEQ is asleep at the switch when it comes to protecting our water from irresponsible subdivisions and poorly planned development. He called the permit emblematic of a statewide problem where DEQ is, quote, purposely ignoring the best science and common sense on water quality and cumulative impacts so that it can continue to issue permits. According to court filings, Lazy J South's septic permit could represent an increase of almost 20% in existing cumulative septic discharges to local water sources. Those court filings also say groundwater sampling by the Montana Bureau of Mines and Geology has shown pollution concentrations have already increased as much as tenfold in the past 10 years. Canada announced Monday that it would begin letting fully vaccinated U.S. citizens back into Canada on August 9th and from the rest of the world on September 7th. Officials said the 14-day quarantine requirement will be waived on August 9th for eligible travelers who are currently residing 
in the United States and who have received a full course of COVID-19 vaccine approved for use in Canada. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair, who said he spoke with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Friday, said the U.S. has not yet indicated any plan to change its current restrictions at the land border. Canadians are able to fly into the U.S. with a negative COVID test. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said last week that Canada could start allowing fully vaccinated Americans into the country by mid-August. Canadian officials have also announced that children who aren't vaccinated but are traveling with vaccinated parents won't have to quarantine. They will, however, have to avoid group activities, including schools and daycare centers. Canada leads G20 countries in vaccination rates, with approximately 80% of eligible Canadians vaccinated with their first dose and 50% of those fully vaccinated. Commercial traffic has gone back and forth between the two countries since the start of the pandemic. In the early days, however, the U.S. and Canadian governments closed the 5,500-mile border to non-essential traffic. The U.S. Travel Association estimates that each month the border is closed, it costs $1.5 billion. Canadian officials say Canada has had about 22 foreign visitors in 2019, 15 million of them from the United States. The Office of Public Instruction has received the most requests for emergency authorizations of teachers since 2005. Districts can request emergency authorizations when they exhaust all possibilities for hiring a licensed educator and get permission to bring on a teacher without the certification. The number hit 120 in 2021. It was 23 in 2017, 49, 94, and 84 the following years. That's according to Crystal Andrews, education licensure developer at OPI. Some prior years were often in the single digits or even zero. Our key points from the data is that there's a significant reduction in elementary education from 600 teachers in the state to 470 teachers in 2020. Additionally, since 2016 and 17, initial teacher licensing has dropped and is at the lowest it has been for a significant amount at 1,250. It was 1,400 to 1,600 in previous years. A red flag warning is in place for the Flathead Valley and Glacier National Park as a monsoonal surge is infiltrating the northern Rockies. The push was expected to usher in winds of 50 miles an hour and dry thunderstorms. The monsoonal event is expected to deliver some moisture to western Montana by Tuesday. That's according to the National Weather Service in Missoula. Quote, these storms are likely to become more wet, with some even containing very heavy rain. Any measurable rain would be a welcome development for local firefighters facing hot and dry conditions in the West. The Associated Press is reporting 
that more than two dozen new fires broke out across Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming just on Sunday. There have been more than 34,700 wildfires across the U.S. so far this year. Two million acres have burned. On the Lolo National Forest near Plains and Superior, firefighters made progress over the weekend, containing several fires initially assigned to the West Lolo Complex. According to fire officials, eight of those fires have been contained and command of those fires has returned to local ranger districts. The entire complex was estimated at over 2,000 acres on Monday, 440 firefighters, six helicopters, six dozers, and six water tenders are working that blaze. In the Kootenai National Forest, the Burnt Peak Fire is estimated at 1,977 acres. It is 13% contained. 230 firefighters are there southwest of Troy along a portion of the Keeler-Rattlequeak Road. An inversion on Sunday limited fire activity. Some residents in the vicinity are now on pre-evacuation notice. The Trail Creek Fire, west of Wisdom on the Beaverhead Deer Lodge National Forest, is just over 23,000 acres on Monday and threatening structures on the National Park Service Big Hole Battlefield. About 150 firefighters are there. People are advised to check the status of Montana 43 before traveling in the area. Smoke continues to pour into skies all over the region. It comes from local fires and from fires elsewhere in the West, causing unhealthy air quality around numerous Montana cities, including Missoula, Anaconda, Butte, Great Falls, Cutbank, and Browning and around McCall, Idaho, according to state and federal pollution monitoring. Air quality in Butte, Haver, Helena, and Missoula is now unhealthy for sensitive groups, including children, pregnant women, older adults, and people with chronic disease. Back in May, Governor Greg Gianforti's administration announced a measure seeking to encourage Montanans to re-enter the labor force, establishing a $1,200 return-to-work bonus for people who were on unemployment but took a job and maintained it for at least four weeks. MTN News asked the Montana Department of Labor and Industry for an initial statistic or two on the program. As of Friday, the department had received 3,200 applications for the return-to-work payments. 21 have been approved. That's less than 1%. 29 have been rejected, ELI says there's no data available as to why those applicants didn't qualify. A total of $21,600 has been disbursed. That's enough for 18 payments. A Montana Highway Patrol trooper who helped rescue the crew of a downed firefighting helicopter last month will receive the Award for Valor, the patrol's highest honor. Trooper Amanda Villa was setting up a roadblock for a fire on June 15th when she saw a Department of Natural Resources and Conservation helicopter make a hard landing in gusty wind conditions near U.S. Highway 12 east of Townsend. Villa and a Broadwater County Sheriff's deputy responded to the scene. A passenger was able to get out of the helicopter, 
and told Villa that four more people were inside. She and the deputy helped the remaining passengers to safety as the helicopter and nearby grass burned. The Montana Department of Transportation has issued a weight restriction for a major bridge in downtown Missoula. On Friday, the agency established a 10-ton weight limit on the Bear Tracks Bridge. Crews completed the western portion of that bridge earlier in the summer and began taking apart the eastern portion of the project. It was then discovered that engineers had noticed the degradation of several structural supports on the eastern portion. Further inspection found that several steel components on the western portion needed to be replaced. This is an old structure, said Bob Vosen, the Missoula District Administrator for MDT. Vosen said the bridge remains safe for use and the weight restrictions will be temporary. The overall project looks to rehabilitate the deterioration that's taken over the structure's 56 years of service. That includes replacing the deck and repairing the superstructure and concrete supports. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio Network or KGRT-DB webpages. The podcast has listeners in 33 states and provinces, now in 22 countries, on six continents. We will also post the stories on Facebook later on today on the J. Scott and Treasure State Radio Network pages. Made in Montana news is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio, KEMR, in Jefferson County, Montana Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, and ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.